Carl Jenkins, The Opportunity. Hungover from a big night out, a phone call promises an unexpected opportunity. Oh my god, Jargus, what the hell happened last night? I groaned as I rolled over to look at my companion. My head was pounding after the raucous night before. It was not unusual for me to have a few drinks with colleagues down at Salamanca. But last night the shots had come out and by God I had hit them hard. I'd nailed my senior detective exam, which had earned me a promotion, of course, and a transfer to the major crimes unit. With this promotion came the promise that if I continued to perform as well as I had in the last 12 months, I could be up for sergeant in no time. This was indeed cause for celebration. And celebrate we had. The group of officers and detectives had partied with me well into the early hours of the morning. I wasn't sure why I allowed it to happen, given that I had to be at work again in a matter of hours. But there's little point in worrying about that now, I thought, staring up at the ceiling while massaging my throbbing temples. Gatorade and something greasy should do the trick. Jargus still hadn't moved from where he lay, crammed up against my side. I looked down at him and gave him a gentle poke on the head, a muffled whimper. Slowly, Jargus opened his eyes to squint back at me. You too, huh? I said, scratching the pup's head lightly. Jargus had been left home alone last night, and judging from his sleepy state this morning, I had no doubt he had spent almost the entire duration waiting up eagerly for me to return home. He was always loyal like that. He had good reason to be. He, too, was well on his way to his own promotion. Jargus, a young German shepherd, was already showing clear signs of incredible intelligence and ability, a real overachiever among his pack of police dogs. It wouldn't be long before his training would surpass that of those many years his senior. He was, in short, a very talented dog, and I found myself very proud of my young companion. We need to get up, I groaned, nudging Jargus with my knee. Jargus lifted his head and stared at the master in adoration, tinged with annoyance. Come on then, I repeated, nudging Jargus a little harder. Jargus made a slow sweep of the room, using his comprehensive training to detect the presence of food or play opportunities, and, finding none, dropped his chin back to his paws with a huff. Fine, you lazy pup, I said, reaching out and scratching the dog's head. I tried to wriggle myself out of bed, but try as I might, my legs refused to cooperate with my brain, and rather than springing from prostate position like a gazelle, I instead found myself lying on the floor in the most uncomfortable of positions. I reached out to push myself to my feet, bracing my weight against the bedside table. Ew, I exclaimed, my hand skimming something slimy and sticky on the floor. Raising my arm to inspect the source of the unpleasant sensation, I found a used condom dangling from that, my outstretched palm, bulging with still-wet fluid that oozed onto the carpet with a consistency of three-day-old rice pudding. It still had enough adhesive capabilities to glue the whole sordid affair quite firmly to my hand. My eyes widened in horror, and no small amount of disgust. That had better not be mine, I mumbled with a frown. Although we hadn't yet announced anything officially to each other, I had decided that I would make a concerted effort to save all of my amorous attentions for Sarah. 
I liked her, and despite my reputation, I wanted to give this monogamy thing a try. The question was, however, if this condom isn't mine, then whose is it? Sarah hadn't been out with me last night, I'm sure of it, and yet I don't remember bringing anyone home with me. This isn't yours, is it, Jargus? I turned to the dog, brandishing the still-seeping evidence like a lawyer in the battleground of a courtroom. Jargus responded with a cocked head and bemused expression. He tried to understand what it was I'd asked of him, but when his canine logic failed to provide an answer, his head promptly fell back into the soothing softness of the blanket below. I frowned. A vague scene of hot, sweaty bodies bumping against each other in the cramped club, dancing to obnoxiously pounding bass, flashed across my mind. I remembered the exhilaration I felt at a woman's hand touching my bare, trimmed chest, gliding her fingers admiringly over my rippling body. But the partial memory refused to reveal any face or name of the admirer. At first, the nausea was just a slightly acidic taste in my mouth, and a dryness that couldn't easily be quenched. But very quickly, my hangover grew to full-blown stomach cramps and bile burning up my throat. Just as I had done many times before, I found myself racing for the bathroom. After several deep heaves which purged me of substances I did not remember consuming, followed by a few shorter dry reaches into the toilet bowl, my stomach eased. Without further delay, I nakedly crawled away from the partly digested Jackson Pollock study and made my way into the shower, turning on the water as I soon, as soon as it was within reach. I sat there, back flat against the cool tiles, the warmth of the water splashing over my aching body and calming the pounding in my head. Fighting against heavy eyelids that grew heavier with every passing second, without the strength to keep hold of any single thought, for more than a fraction of a second, I'd lost the battle. My world drifted into a sea of pulsating, strobed darkness and unwelcome memories. My eyes opened with a sudden jerk and I scuttled across the tiled floor of the shower to turn off the icy water. I was shivering. I must have been asleep long enough for the hot water to run cold. The soothing warmth that had put me to sleep had departed, God knows how long ago leaving only coldness in its absence. Shit, I muttered, looking down at my hands that had become shriveled prunes under the onslaught of the water. More worryingly, as I looked further down, my hands weren't the only body part that had taken on the likeness of a small, wrinkled plum. Surely I haven't been in here that long. Forcing myself to my feet, I clambered out of the shower, only to reach for a towel that wasn't there. Jargus! I need a towel, I called out, my tone one of instruction rather than desperation. Within a minute, the loyal pup stood in the bathroom doorway, a fresh grey towel hanging from his mouth. Thank you, Jargus, I said, carefully taking the towel from the dog. As I dried myself off, I heard my phone begin to ring in the bedroom. Shit, I swore again. Not bothering to wrap the towel around my still dripping and shivering body, I dashed into the bedroom leaving wet, large footprints in my wake. After fumbling through the bedsheets and covers, assuming I'd thrown the phone down during the night, I finally noticed it sitting in plain sight on the side table. Clearly, drunk Carl had not been as completely chaotic as usual. I reached over and answered the phone, with only moments to spare before it went to voicemail. Yeah, I answered, 
attempting and failing to sound sober. Where the hell are you, Carl? A panicked voice whispered down the other end of the phone. I'm still at home. The alarm didn't go off, I tried unconvincingly. Bullshit, the voice on the other end retorted. I know you went out with the boys last night. I sighed. What is it, Sarah? I asked, closing my eyes at the embarrassed realisation that I should probably be taking my first official day as senior detective a little more seriously. You need to get your ass down to the station right now, she said. Can't wait until later, I groaned. No, Carl, it can't. This could be your big case. I paused for a few moments, trying desperately to form some kind of coherent thoughts within my still-throbbing head. Fine. I'll be there in half an hour, I promised, before ending the call abruptly.